Hey, welcome to Stops and Starts, a women's hockey podcast. My name is Lindsay Glavin, and this is episode 20. Um, it is a great day if you're a women's college hockey fan in particular. The college hockey season has kicked off. Um, so we will talk a little bit about uh, the first game of the season last night. Since I last recorded, Canada won its third IIHF gold medal in 12 months at the World Championships. So congratulations, Canada. And Czechia won an historic bronze medal. It was their first time medaling at the Women's World Championships. So um, the excitement in women's hockey certainly did not stop over the summer. And speaking of excitement, I have, um, I have, not sure I've ever felt this excited about a college hockey season. Um, it has come so far since I started paying attention. Um, in terms of, let's talk about just accessibility of the games. Okay, so seven or eight years ago, it was you know everybody was doing different things. They all had their own little streaming situation. Basically, some were free, and then and then some were all these different streaming products. This year we have the ECAC and Hockey East both on ESPN Plus, which is great, very accessible, very affordable, an absolute ton of hockey. Uh, ESPN Plus, I want to say it's a hundred bucks a year now. So they've certainly raised their prices. Um, And then um, WCHA is in year two of a contract with Big Ten Plus, very affordable for 50 bucks a year. You can get all the WCHA games, and then for an extra $10, you can get Penn State in there as well. Um, so that's what I did this year is I wanted to get the Penn State games, um, and it, it turns out that was a good decision based on what happened last night. Um, the CHA, unfortunately, is, you know, they have, maybe they have different resources than the other leagues. Theirs has actually gotten more expensive and, and less accessible for three of their teams, which is unfortunate. Um, but as a whole, the group is trending in the direction of being affordable to watch the games and, um, yeah, just affordable and on platforms that you've heard of, like, you know, legit platforms. The other thing about the college hockey season this year is because of COVID, a lot of players have an, a lot, an, an, an extra year of eligibility. Personally, I cannot even track anybody's eligibility anymore between COVID um, some schools not granting that extra year because they didn't play in the 2021 season. Transfers, people taking time off for college, red shirts, or sorry, taking time off for the Olympics and red shirts. So I really, I just feel like I'm like, oh, that person's still around. Great. You know, Kayla Barnes, still a college athlete. You know, who knows when these folks' eligibility is wrapping up. Um, but the point is, there's a lot of good hockey players out there with the Olympians being back this extra COVID year. Um, and the general betterment of uh, women's ice hockey players um, over the years. So there is just fantastic college hockey on tap. And I think if you are a women's ice hockey fan, uh, it's the easy, I find it the easiest bang for your buck to tick all the boxes. Um, fan atmosphere, accessibility of the broadcast, quality hockey players, um, a structure where there is coverage of the games, etc. Um, and I think this is really important, particularly just considering women's pro hockey continues to be, oh, I don't know what the right word is. Um, there's all sorts of positive things that you can point out. Tons, tons. 
And believe me, I have thought about how to make, as a hockey fan, how to just relax and enjoy it and, and forget the bad stuff. But looking at the state of the pro, pro leagues, I just feel like there needs to be a dose of reality. It's a bad state. End of story. It's not good. You can pick many different things to talk about. I'm not even going to waste my breath. But women's pro hockey is a huge disappointment. It sounds mean to say that, but as a consumer, you, you look at it and you look at what the other women's sports are doing and it's just like, wow. So I'm not going to... It's just too early in the morning. I'm not even going to... I'm tired of talking about the women's pro scene. So anyways, um, because it is so disappointing to see where women's pro hockey is at, I think it kind of makes the college scene all the more like exciting. You know, we were, I was a little bit focused on 2022 having really good things in the, on the pro side of things. And I maybe lost sight of how great the college side was going to be this fall. Um, but I, I think as a consumer, it's, it's fair to say like there are so many things wrong with the women's pro side of it all. Um, and, and I don't think people get a pass at a certain point for just saying, oh, we're doing our best. Um, that's me as a consumer speaking. Anyways, um, having said all that, um, let's just talk about the Penn State and Wisconsin game that happened last night. Um, this was a great kickoff to the college hockey season to, you know, Big Ten teams. Obviously, they don't play in the Big Ten for college hockey purposes. Uh, game being played at a nice rink where the broadcast was going to be quality. Um, number 14, who's Penn State, who's trying to be on the rise over the past few years. Uh, this might be the 10th year of their program at the D1 level. I can't remember. Got to be getting close to that. Um kind of been putting together the pieces over the past few years. I believe under Jeff Campersall, his particularly his first couple of years, Penn State was the hardest working team in college hockey. Um, they had they probably were so close to breaking records for the number of ties every year because they had low event games. Nobody could score on them because they worked so hard and they were getting better defensively. Um, but they themselves lacked the offensive ability to put the puck in the net at the other end. They kind of been adding the pieces over the past few years. Uh, they typically did better out out of conference than in conference. Um, I think maybe because they could surprise some teams, whereas in conference it's always going to be a blood a bloodbath every every night, no matter I think the sport or conference. You know, in conference games, um, the the um, I don't know, just the compete level, like and the familiarity. That's just the nature of it. Um, so Penn State's been putting together these pieces a couple years ago. They just missed the NCAA tournament. They were a bubble team last year. It felt like they might have regressed just a little bit. Um, and, and I don't, I truly don't know what happened last year. Um, but anyways, but well, that's unfair to say, cause they, they did manage to beat University of Minnesota Duluth, um, who was the national runner up. So Maybe last year they just kind of lacked that consistency that you would expect to see. Anyways, in the offseason, their biggest addition was probably, after last night, I would say, uh, Tessa Janicki, who is a U18 USA player. Um, so she's a freshman. But I turned the game on last night, and I thought Wisconsin was going to be favored to win. 
I thought we would see a, uh, in spoiler alert, Penn State not just beat them, they beat them 4-1. to one. Um, But I thought we would see, like, a heartbreaker, basically. I thought Penn State would hang in there and um, work really hard and grab a, one goal, maybe, you know, grab one goal if they were lucky and get beat. But I thought it was going to be a heartbreaker. And um, instead, when I turned the game on, five minutes into the first, um, the very, like, within seconds, it's like number 15 on Penn State, who's that? And I was surprised. I was like, that's Tessa Janicki, this freshman is the noticeable player, most noticeable player on the ice within seconds. You're like 15 on Penn State. Who's that? Um, so, and it was foreshadowing of what was to come. She ended up with, uh, I think, two goals and an assist um, in freshman style. She also took two penalties. Um, but my goodness, I think she loved the team in blocks too. Just, whew, Tessa Janicki is going to be a difference maker. But um, it wasn't just Tessa. Like, both of her goals were uh, really, the first one in particular um, was a really nice setup by whoever fed her the puck, got the assist. Um, the kind of the D were coming up the wall, breaking out of their zone, got it to the middle, somebody in the middle, and then just bang, bang, they got it back to Tessa who was entering the zone. Tessa has a very quick release and she can also place her shots well. Somebody who could place their shots well that people are uh, will recall is uh, Daryl Watts. Um so expect Tessa to pick some corners all year long. Um, and I know we're one game in, but it wasn't one game versus a weak opponent. It was one game against Wisconsin. Anyways, um, the other thing about Tessa's goal that was goals that were super exciting was, that, like I just said, you know, it, the setups on them. You know, we're going to talk about Tessa, but um, it's you get the sense that there are some pieces around her who can get her the puck. Um, her second goal was on the power play. There was a great pinch by the defender to beat a Wisconsin, not just beat a Wisconsin player to, to the puck, but to get that puck to the slot, to Tessa, um, who again on, on her second goal, it was all about puck placement, um, top shelf. So wow, was that exciting to see um, Penn State beat this team. Something I was worried about for Penn State was, you know, when they got Jeff Campersol as their coach, the formula always seems to be the same when people get new coaches. Um, and it's, you know, in year one or two, you just work your butt off and hope the win-loss record improves that way because your personnel hasn't changed from the prior coach much yet. Um, and Penn State certainly did that, and they have resources galore being a, uh, being a Big Ten program with a nice rink. Um, but um, I personally was a little bit worried that they, I was like, when are they going to convert this to really piling up the wins and winning stuff. They won CHA's regular season one time since Campersall joined, um, but they haven't had tournament success um, yet. And I think that, um, and they haven't like really cracked into the, the top 10 other than that one weird COVID year when, you know, I they were a bubble team and they were a bubble team and just missed the tournament. Um but I was worried about Penn State because I was like, you know, the players on the team are only like it is extremely physically and mentally demanding to to get into those situations where you just have to work and play hockey at a almost like at a playoff level all year long. Like mentally, it's exhausting. Um, and so I think when you're one of those programs who's trying to build, you do need to get those um, elite pieces in place um, within a certain amount of time. 
Otherwise, you know, the work ethic and the the compete level is going to just kind of go back to where it was. And, you know, it's just you really have to seize on that momentum when you get it. And I think all of this is easier said than done. And I, I also think that in the old days when folks committed at a much older age, it was easier to inherit a new program and turn it into a contender quicker Whereas the lead time on getting recruits in, it had really increased there for a while. And I, and, I, and I think that that works against these coaches who are trying to change the culture at a program, right? Because it might take four, I don't know how many years it might take to get your new, your players in, the players you recruited. Um, so I think it's a huge, almost a sigh of relief for Penn State. And I, I really think Penn State was kind of flirting with that when they looked like they regressed a little bit last year. Um, and so I think it's a huge sort of feather in their cap, relief to sort of see what we saw last night. Um, and it will be, and, and I want to say it again, it was like watching Tessa Janicki was super cool last night. And this was not Janicki versus a, you know, the 39th ranked program in the country. It was her versus a team that had, uh, I think it's, I don't even know how many Olympians they have. It's at least two. Um, a couple players that were centralized, um, players that were on the world, world championship rosters, but not the Olympic roster, uh, national champions, um, Layla Edwards and, um, Sims, Kirsten Sims, they're, you know, U18 USA players like this, this, uh, Wisconsin roster is so loaded. And so we have to really appreciate what we saw last night with this freshman at Wisconsin coming in and putting on a show like that. Um, so just a couple other comments and then I'll, I'll wrap this up because, you know, I have to get about my day as do you, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, regarding the win last night, I I thought, you know, Penn state came out good in the, the first period. They piled up a flurry of shots. Second half of the first period, credit to Josie Bothin for keeping them in it because Wisconsin, you know, they scored a shorthanded goal on an odd man rush. And you just think, oh, God, here we go. Like, they are so spoiled that they can come out, have a bad start, and then have one rush, and it's like, oh, they're up. And then the second half of the first, I thought, was all Wisconsin and the beginning of the second. And then the tide just kind of turned, you know. Penn State chipped away at them. And Wisconsin uh, failed to convert on some power plays, which I don't know if that has a mental impact. And Penn State just chipped away at them. Um, and got, uh, let's see here, two goals, then a power play goal, and then an empty net uh, goal. Um, and, and they worked their absolute butts off. It's funny, depending on your perspective, it's like, did Penn State play great? You know, Wisconsin fans are like, my God, we played awful. Uh, who knows? The good news is they play again today. Now, you might say, shame on you, Lindsay, but who am I picking to win today? I'm going to pick Wisconsin. Um, I'm going to pick Wisconsin. Uh, very impressed with Penn State last night. I just think, Penn, you know, Wisconsin's got the legacy that they have for a reason. Uh, I did have to laugh looking at the online reactions. There were a lot of folks who very quickly hopped on a Penn State train. But there was one folk, uh, one fellow who has consistently for years said that Wisconsin was overrated. And, and I had to laugh. This is Title IX hockey when he, when he just posted, you know, Oh, for for one, yikes! You know, he he, he some validation for him, f- who for years has has said that they they're overrated uh, at Wisconsin. So I got a kick out of that. 
Um, but it was, it was great to see uh, people talking about women's hockey and being excited for the college hockey season. And, you know, we spent the weeks leading up, I did especially, just thinking, my God, the WCHA is going to be off the chains this year. Um, so definitely um, women's college hockey just reminding us and sending a message that like, guess what? There's going to be great hockey in every league this year. Um, so don't you forget it. So really enjoyable first game to the season. I can't think of a, of a better game to, to kick it off. A non-conference game between um, a, a great team and a tra- team that's knocking on the door trying to, trying to get there um, with an upset at home. So um, great stuff and um, looking forward to more college hockey this season. That's all I got for now. You have a great, is it, oh, it's Friday. Have a great Friday, and we'll talk again soon.